This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at CosmicPotato.com. We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. Welcome to Cosmic Potato. The Super Fan Talk Podcast. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. We've got you covered with everything from Marvel to Star Wars. I'm glad you asked that because I wanted to take this time to explain my evil plan. Classic films, trivia games, and beyond. Come to the coast and get together, have a few laughs. Now, on with the show. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Hey everybody and welcome to Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast, the show that knows that the reason there are now less payphones is because the Matrix underwent an upgrade to get rid of its exits. That makes sense. <laughs> With me here in the virtual studio is a, are a couple of friends that you've uh, that you've heard before. First of all, we've got one of the hosts of the World War G podcast, which is available right here on CosmicPotato.com, Mr. Troy Wood. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. And friend of the show and our patron saint of the North, Mr. Scott Madison, how are you? I only came up with clever greetings for one episode, and this is our second one tonight. So, <laughs> We are going to start things out with a game. We're going to play, is that really a country song? And oh boy. <laughs> we all know that country music has some of the most ridiculous titles ever known. A few that pop into my mind right away are... She thinks my tractor's sexy. Save a horse, ride a cowboy. I want to check you for ticks. <laughs> and uh, growing up in really the a country song, you see, I'm doing well at this game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> growing up in the South, uh, I've heard some crazy song titles. So I'm going to give you guys a possible title, and you will tell me if it's something that actually exists or if I'm just making it up. These will be a sign, so you don't have to worry about buzzing in. Let me uh, start a score sheet here. I'll put Scott Troy. Okay, I've got 12 of these. So, all right, number one. All right. She got the gold mine, I got the shaft. This is for Troy. Is that a country song or not? She got the gold mine, I got the shaft. First, let me let me say my, my or proclaim my utter de- detest for country music. So, <laughs> um, but I'm going to say... No, that is not. It is a country song. Ah. It was uh, done by Jerry Reed back in 1982. <laughs> All right, Scott. I'm going to hire a wino to decorate our home. Is that a country song or not? I'm going to say no, because I don't think they would say wino. You're incorrect. That was a country oh. song. It was written Ooh. by David Frizzle, also in 1982. All right, Troy. Is it really a country name? <laughs> See, that's a new game. New game I just invented. Number three. This is for Troy. Dropkick yeah. Jesus through the goalposts of life. <laughs> uh, no, I'm going to say no. I'm hoping no. That is a country song. It oh, is. my God. From, that was written by Bobby Bear in 1976. Uh, okay. Um, Scott. You're the reason our kids are ugly. 
I want that to be yes. It is. You are correct. Okay, it's official. These are all going to be country songs, now, no matter how I'm, ridiculous. I'm, 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 all... I'm not going to say that. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, that was actually from 1978. That was a Loretta Lynn and Conway Twitty. Um, <laughs> Troy. Yes. I left my heart in Texas, but my wife's in Tennessee. Yes. That is not a country song. <laughs> Scott. I wouldn't take her to a dog fight even if I thought she could win. <laughs> Let's say yes. That is a country song from uh, yeah. 1967, Charlie Walker. Troy. Yeah. I'll bring home the bacon when you learn how to cook. Mm, no. Correct. It is not. Oh, okay. You have a point. Scott, them boots under your bed ain't mine. Ooh, uh, boots. Gotta say yes if there's boots in the title. It's not. It is not a country oh. song. Troy, yes. I still like baloney. That's just that you know that's crazy enough. I'm gonna say yes. It is. It's Al actually yeah. Alan Jackson from 2009. <laughs> Scott, can't afford a Chevy, but my horse is running fine. <sighs> I hate country music so much. <laughs> You're giving so many irresistible ones here. I, I, I say yes. No, it's not. <laughs> All right, we got two more. Uh, Troy. Yeah. Would Jesus wear a Rolex on his television show? <laughs> Uh, no. It is. That was Ray Stevens from 1987. If you've ever heard any Ray Stevens, that would not surprise you. All of his songs are crazy. Uh, all right, Scott, you get the last one. Get your tongue out of my mouth because I'm kissing you goodbye. <laughs> you just made me uncomfortable, Sean. <laughs> Yes. It is. It's actually a John Denver song from 1995. <laughs> uh, all right. Scott wins three to two. <laughs> wow. Uh, I, I need to ask, Troy, wh where are you? I don't know if I've ever uh, heard where you're recording from. I'm in Utah. Okay. Yeah. We might have to break out the map to see who's farther north. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, um, tonight we're going to talk about some guilty pleasures. These are, I put movies and TV shows, but it's a lot more broad than that. It's really anything that we love um, watching or taking part in that we know either that they're awful or that a lot of people don't really care for that thing and might think that we're kind of crazy for liking that, whatever. Uh, things that we get enjoyment out of, even though other people don't really fall in line with our opinion. But saying that it's guilty is a little misleading because, as Rick says, we have no shame. So, <laughs> um, and like I said, it doesn't have to be movies. It doesn't have to be TV. It can be an actor that you like that most people don't really like. It can be a singer. It can be a YouTube channel. Whatever you want it to be. So... All right. 
I will start. Let me start with Scott. What is your first guilty pleasure? Well, the the list that I put together is pretty pretty loose. Um, I'm heavier on like abstract concepts and not so much on on specifics. But I was able to come up with with some specifics, and the rest I'm probably just gonna be making it up as I go along. Okay, that's fine. Um, one of what I can probably consider to be a guilty pleasure is only because I don't think I've met more than three people who like this at all. But that is the Broadway soundtrack to Jekyll and Hyde, the musical. <laughs> I've never well, listened to it, so I'm be able to tell I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it's great. But it's it's fun to listen to and for someone who can sing and enjoys singing like me there are some some numbers on that soundtrack that that they're a good time to sing along when I'm uh, driving in the car. Um, most people, when they want to try to prove that that I'm wrong and it should not be something to be considered any sort of a pleasure, will point out the fact that there was a time on stage when this show starred David Hasselhoff. Oh yeah, <laughs> as. Jekyll and Hyde, because it's one actor who plays both roles, obviously. So there does come a time in the show where it's David Hasselhoff as Jekyll singing to himself as Hyde. <laughs> I can see that. It's not great. That's not great. But that's not the soundtrack that I have, and it's not the one that I that I listen to. Um, so it, it's a lot of fun. Anyone who is familiar with Broadway musicals and knows the music from that one... Uh, you know, tweet uh, Cosmic Potato Pod or leave a message on the Facebook page and leave your thoughts on the show. I want to see if I truly am alone. <laughs> well, I mean, while we're talking about soundtracks, I, when I was, okay, I was in high school, so how old was I? I was probably 16. I went to see the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. Um, yeah. I mean, and I mean, I was probably at the time I may have been I, w I guess I was too I, I was too old to like really be into Power Rangers even though I watched it every morning while I was yeah. getting ready for school but I wasn't like wearing the Power Rangers t-shirt and I didn't have a Power Rangers backpack or anything like that but when the movie came out I wanted to check it out so I went and I had a cousin that was about the same age as me and we usually hung out together and did stuff like that and so he went with me and I really dug the music that they used in that movie. So I went, Me too. I went and bought the soundtrack. So I'm like 16, 17 year old kid playing the Power Rangers soundtrack in my car. <laughs> playing the song, uh, we're in trouble by shampoo. That too. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, people would get in my car and they'd see that laying there. Why are you listening to that? It's like, dude, it's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Troy, what have you got is a guilty pleasure. Uh, I got a few things. Um, so I'm a, I'm a child of the nineties, as I've mentioned before. And back in the, in the later nineties, boy bands were a big thing. And, uh, I, I would tell my friends that I didn't like Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. Um, <laughs> I didn't like their songs, but I, re I really did and still do to this day. If I'm flipping through the radio and a Backstreet Boys song or an NSYNC song comes on, 
I'll turn it up and I'll sing right along. Um, it, it, I, they're just look. John Lennon once said that a good song is a good song. Yeah. You know, if it's good, it's good. So, yeah, it's a boy band, but some of their some of their stuff are dang catchy and it's fun to sing to. So. I can't argue with that. I mean, there's not. I mean, I don't know most of their stuff, but there's two or three songs that they used to sing in the late 90s that uh, when I hear them, I'll start singing along with them. Yeah, they're not bad. Have you ever seen that movie that um, Seth Rogen did where it was like the end of the world? Uh, what was mm-hmm. that movie? Yeah, and at the end of it, they go to heaven and the Backstreet yeah. Boys are up there singing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, I kind of dug that scene too. Um, let's see. My first one will probably be I love the show Live PD. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever seen this. It comes on A&E on Friday and Saturday night. And the way it works is that they have eight different police departments around the country. Police departments and sheriff's departments and things like that. And they usually put two cameras with each department. They'll have uh, two police officers that each have a camera going with them while they're going out and, and doing what they do. And um, they've got Dan Abrams, who is a commentator on CNN a lot and stuff like that. Him and a couple other guys are in the studio almost doing like an ESPN breakdown of, uh, of what's going on. And they'll throw, the cam- they'll throw the camera to South Carolina and we'll watch, we'll watch them search a car and pull out the <laughs> drugs and arrest the guy and stuff like that. And uh, it's just... I like it because I guess it's because my dad was a was a cop when I was growing up, and I used to watch cops all the time. But cops was edited and it was chopped up, so you only saw like the big stuff, you know. And with yeah. Live PD, you see a lot of the buildup, you know, more to to the action. There is some action on there. You see them tase people, you, you and all that kind of stuff, but. Um, but a lot of it is stopping people because their tag light is out. <laughs> and you get to the point when you watch the show every week, you get to the point where they can stop somebody and they'll start to talk to him and you can tell right away, oh, he's got something in his car, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of times they do. So um, it's, um, they've also got, they've got a couple of spinoffs. One of them is called Live PD Presents, I think it's called PD Cam. And it's a half-hour show where they show drug busts and they sh- and stuff like that, car chases and, and things. But it's only from the point of view of body cameras, dash cams, and helicopter cameras. They don't have any like actual cameramen on the ground, you know. So and they'll 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 edit all this footage together. So you'll see them chasing somebody. And you'll see it from the point of view of the body cam that they have on and stuff like that. And it's pretty huh. cool, you know. And and sometimes disturbing. They showed a guy uh, basically get shot because he was coming at that he was coming at the cop, and the cop had to shoot him. And they showed it, and uh, he didn't fatally shoot him. But the guy, after he got shot, he was still coming. And as he was coming, you could see he's slowing down and he's slowing down. And finally, he fell over. <laughs> you wow. Know? But uh, but Live PD comes like I said it comes on I work on the weekends on on Saturday night and Sunday night I work the overnight shift and when I get home on Sunday morning 
I usually turn on the recording of Live PD from the night before and just sit there and watch it until I fall asleep, <laughs> you know. But it's uh, but it's pretty good. I like it, and and you get to see cops doing things. You know, there's a lot of negative stories involving cops in the in the news right now, you know. So, so a lot of times you get to see cops doing positive things and actually helping people in the community and showing that they're not just out to get people all the time, you know. And uh, right. It's it, it it's a good show, I think. So, right. but it's a guilty pleasure, you know. <laughs> People are like, because each episode is like three hours long. So you're like, why are you you gonna watch the whole thing? I'm like, yeah, I mean, it, it's Friday night. I don't have anything else to do. I'm a nerd, you know. I'm not going out. <laughs> have, I might have to look this up myself. Live PD comes on A and E on uh, Friday right. Saturday night. All right, uh, Scott, what's the next one on your list? Well, this next one is a, uh, an impromptu edition that was inspired by your first one. Um, I've been talking about, well, not your first one, but something that you mentioned. I was talking about uh, the Jekyll and Hyde, and then you talked about the Power Rangers soundtrack, which reminded me that I have some other soundtracks that are even more, they're guiltier <laughs> pleasures than Jekyll and Hyde. Um, as I look off to the side and on my shelf of geeky things, I have the original audio uh, cassettes, audio cassette tapes for the soundtracks to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1 and 2. Yeah. I think I, I'm pretty sure I had the first one. Is that That's the one that had the, <clears throat> the Partners in Crime song on it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I had that one. Love uh, it. Partners in Rhyme, please. Thank you. Was it not Partners in Crime? Oh, okay. No. You did the same thing last time when <laughs> I was listening to you on an episode of Cosmic Potato and you were just causing John and Rick no <laughs> end of heartache by insisting <laughs> that it was partners in crime. Yeah, if either one of them had any hair, they would be, they would have been pulling it out. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not going to get me with that trick because I know better. As as <laughs> also featuring the likes of NC Hammer, Yakid K, um, uh, te- um, um, no, no one else is coming to mind. Uh, uh, tech, uh, Tektronic, I think. Maybe. Maybe not. Um, and uh, Fifth Platoon. Never heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, they all appeared on these soundtracks, and they it's a wonderful time machine to jump into to put those soundtracks on and listen to them. I, I did manage to uh, acquire them digitally, so I have them on the computer, and I can load them out of my phone and listen to them anytime I want. And not just those soundtracks, but right next to them, this is something even fewer people are going to have lying around. The cassette tape from the live Ninja Turtles concert tour. Oh, oh no, 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 no! <laughs> Coming out of their shell. Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> Sponsored by Pizza Hut. <laughs> I had... I, can, I can sing along to every song on oh, that tape. <laughs> I had the videotape of their concert. This is funny. I I got that for Christmas one year, and I never got to watch it because I can't remember who gave it to me. It was probably my parents, but they bought a videotape that was not even. Uh, 
coded or whatever for this region, so so I couldn't watch it in an American VCR for some reason. It just it wouldn't play. You'd put it in there and it just would not play. So I had it for a few years and never watched. It. <laughs> I've seen clips well, on YouTube and stuff though, and they did not look like they should. <laughs> well, guess what, Sean? By the time. By the time we're done recording this episode, you're going to have a link to my Google Drive where you can download the entire concert video. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't recommend that. Uh, that's a good one. That's a good guilty pleasure. Uh, all right, Troy, what's the next one you got? Well, um, well I guess sticking with... with uh, soundtracks. Uh, I remember the very first CD I ever bought myself was the soundtrack to the um, Rugrats movie. <laughs> uh, it, it was really it, it was really good. It had artists like Beck on there, and it had a few other artists of the day, and and it, it was it wasn't bad. I mean, yeah, they were singing about you know diapers and bottles and <laughs> stuff like that, but. Uh, with Angelica doing a cover of uh, "I'm Gonna Get You," but uh, yeah, I, 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 <laughs> that, that was the first CD I ever bought myself. Was that was that soundtrack? Um, because uh, I I didn't like the movie that much, but I really enjoyed for whatever reason I really enjoyed that soundtrack. I was I think I was too old for Rugrats when it started. Um, I know it was it was it was big. My kids came along about the time that they started doing the the Rugrats when they were older cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't so, watch that. Yeah, so my son and my daughter started. They watched that, but I never really watched a lot of the a lot of the cartoon. But Scott, what was the? Do you remember what the first CD was that you ever bought? Uh, the the, the first one that I ever bought. Ooh. Um... Oh, you know, I think I do. Uh, the, the the first CD that we ever had in the house, because um, it was a big deal when we got a CD player for Christmas for the, the whole family. Mm-hmm. Uh, one CD player in the living room uh, in a big stereo system with a turntable even. Whoa! And uh, a, a, dual, a, a dual tape deck with high-speed dubbing. Holy cow. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, my parents bought that for the family, and they got two CDs, one for them and one for my brother and I. Uh, they got some oldie CD no one cares about. And my brother and I got the first CD of Simpsons music, Simpsons Sing the Blues. I had that. Now, I didn't that have was a CD. I had a cassette. But... That, that's, the, that's the first CD that, that I owned. Now, the first one that I bought, I'm pretty sure, was... Um, uh, Kurt Elling, he is a um, a jazz vocalist uh, based out of Chicago. Um, he's got uh, a lot of albums to his name, and uh, the one that I bought, I believe, was Close Your Eyes. And I was able to hold on to that for a long time. I don't think I have the disc anymore, um, but I, he, he's really good. A- anyone who likes jazz... Look up Kurt Elling, uh, K-U-R-T Elling, E-L-L-I-N-G. Um, check him out and find some of his stuff. I'm sure you can find some of his songs on, on YouTube, but give him a listen. Uh, as far as jazz goes, the, the, he, he is quality. 
That's that Simpsons album. I, I probably listened to Deep Deep Trouble so many times I could recite <laughs> backwards and forwards. Uh, it was kind of sad. <laughs> um, okay, the next one that I've got, and this really is a guilty pleasure, but I went to see Mamma Mia Two. Here we go again. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not a guy that like is really into musicals and stuff. But uh, there are a few that I've enjoyed here and there. And I, I actually had not ever seen Mamma Mia as of about two months ago. It was out for like, it's been out for like 10 years. And I just never got around to it. But my wife and I saw the trailer for Mamma Mia 2 uh, at the theater. And I, I saw the trailer and I was like, that doesn't look terrible. So uh, one night we watched the first one on Netflix and it was okay. I mean, I wasn't thrilled with it and stuff. But we went to see the the new one, and I thought that it was really good. It was the songs were well done. the sto- The storytelling mechanism I liked because they kind of did like a Godfather Part Two kind of thing, where they've got the storyline going on in in present day, but then they're they're cutting back in time and showing the the character that uh, Meryl Streep played in the first movie. They're showing her as a young woman and just starting out and stuff like that. And all that ABBA music, or ABBA, if you want to uh, <laughs> argue about how you pronounce it, but um, but I, I mean, let me be clear. I'm I'm not saying I love this movie. I'm not going to be watching it all the time. I'm not going to own a copy, <laughs> but I did enjoy the movie. And um, let me say, Cher is 72 years old, and she looks fabulous. I know she, she's she's probably held together with gum and duct tape. <laughs> but but it is it's working. They had her sing Fernando, which is a an ABBA song, and uh the song, the original song is about a Cuban soldier that's reminiscing about a battle that he was in, but they changed the context in the in the movie so that it's about she's singing to a guy named Fernando about a night that they spent together years ago and stuff. So, you know, you got to work those ABBA songs in there somehow. <laughs> so, there you go. That's, a, that's, that's one of my guilty pleasures. Um, Scott, what's the, what's the next one you got? Um, well, for, before I move on to the next one I have, I, I do have to make a, a, a retraction. Okay. It It is Partners in Crime. <laughs> oh, dang. Oh, wow. I was right about something. Katie... <laughs> K R Y M E crime. Yeah, I knew it was. I knew it was. It was. I knew they put a Y in it like that, and it, I knew it. I could see it in my mind, like it had a K and a Y. But I, I was. I I had to go back and see some of the other artists that I missed when I was naming folks that were on those uh, Ninja Turtle soundtrack albums. Uh, like uh, I think I said Yakid K, but there's also uh, High Tech Three, Tribal House. Magnificent Seven, Funkadelic, I'm sorry, Spunkadelic, um, and who can forget Vanilla Ice? Oh, yeah. Turtle Rap. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, or nin- in Ninja the second, Rap. In the second one, yeah. Go Ninja, Go yeah, Ninja, Go Ninja. Did you ever exactly. see the commercial? That he, he did a commercial about a year or so ago where uh, this lady goes into the grocery store and she goes to the shelf where uh, they sell the macaroni and cheese, Kraft macaroni and cheese. And they have Ninja Turtle Kraft Mac and Cheese. 
and she's picking it up and she's looking at it and she starts going, go ninja, go ninja, go ninja, go, like that. And then she hears somebody else saying it. She looks over and Vanilla Ice is standing there mopping the floor and he's going, go ninja, go ninja, go ninja, go. <laughs> That's pretty good. And it's good that he can make fun of himself. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. yeah. Oh, I, forgot, um, I, didn't, I didn't answer the question a minute ago about what our first CD was. My first CD that I ever bought for myself was Weird Al's Alapalooza. Oh, nice. <laughs> that was that the was one that he one. did the Bohemian Rhapsody parody on. Yeah. That Bohemian one Polka. I had. That one I had on cassette. Oh yeah, yeah. I had gotten a CD player for my birthday that year, and that was uh, the first CD that I bought for it. So, all right, what you got, Scott? Um, so next guilty pleasure is going to be. Uh, not so much one specific series, but just uh, a kind of a a style of series or a period of series. Um, it's kind of like similar to how I'm still holding on to these uh, Ninja Turtle soundtracks. They're not great soundtracks, but I remember them from way back when, and I like hanging on to those things that I remember, <clears throat> uh, just because it's fun for the kitsch value, which is why on my computer in my ever-growing uh, library of uh, films and television, I have such uh, such wonderful television series as uh, Time Tracks. Does anyone remember Time Tracks? Mm -mm. No. Nope. This is one of those <clears throat> uh, uh, not terribly expensive uh, syndicated science fiction television series that would usually air at about 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh on some of the on some of the cable stations, uh, where the the main character of this series is Captain Darian Lambert, who is from I want to say 200 years in the future, and he is sent. the The premise of the series is in the first episode, he is sent back in time to chase after a criminal who has used newly developed time travel technology to go back in time, and it turns out there's like over a hundred criminals that have been sent 200 years in the past by this guy. So now our hero has to stay in the present day of the, the viewers and track down all these future criminals and send them back to the time they came from. And oddly enough, I watched the first couple episodes of this series and it's better than I expected it to be after all this time. Most people, you watch it and they say, it's only gotten worse with time. This one, it's still fun. It maybe it isn't great, but it's it, it's still a fun watch. Uh, the same is true for the, uh, the short-lived two-season television series called Raven, starring Jeffrey Meek, co-starring... Um, uh, oh, help me out. Lee Majors, the fall guy. Um... This was during a time when all the networks wanted to have martial arts in their primetime lineup. So this is a TV series about a former ninja who is living in Hawaii <laughs> and taking up odd jobs, you know, kind of like a PI, but more like you know, personal security and problem solver, uh, while he is trying to track down his long-lost son. Uh, again, not great but fun to see uh, mid-80s to early 90s uh, martial arts choreography on television along with a 90s uh, 
style sensibility with lots of neon and and bright colors. <laughs> they don't exactly fit together, but they're fun to watch. <laughs> you said Raven. I was thinking when you said the Raven, I was thinking of the there was a spinoff of Highlander called the Highla- Raven. Yeah, the Highlander yeah. spinoff. That, yeah, that was Highlander the Raven. This is just Raven. Oh, okay. All right. It, it's it. It's fun. I'm sure I'm going to have a lot like that, but I'll throw those two out because they're they're prime examples of old shows and TV series that objectively aren't great, but they're fun to go back and revisit. There's a lot of TV shows from the 90s mm-hmm. um, that I remember. I remember fondly that were first-run syndication. We can thank Star Trek The Next Generation for bringing us a lot of first-run syndication shows in the 90s that would come on like it... Uh, 12 o'clock on Saturday night and stuff like that um, mm-hmm. coming to mind is like well I mean you got Hercules the Legendary Journeys and Xena Warrior Princess and then right. there was a whole slew of shows that came out like that there was one about Robin Hood uh, I think Bruce Campbell had a show Jack of All Trades yeah Jack of All Trades that's it and then the Cleopatra 2525 that came on like in a block together <laughs> <laughs> There was a lot of that kind of stuff that came on in the in the nineties. Yeah, they they had several of those. There was um, Viper. There was the Sentinel. There was Seven Days. Um, and wait, there there was one more great one, and I'm not going to forget it. I'm going to remember it because there was there's uh, oh that's right, Team Knight Rider. I remember that. Zant- you, you you remember Team Night Rider? I remember Team Night Rider. Yeah. Wasn't that wasn't I, that great? Yeah, such a fun concept. <laughs> and there was God. What was the one that I'm thinking of that came on? It came on like right after Hercules. It was about a guy. It had Lorenzo Lamas in it, and he uh, was he the star or was he? Yeah, a, he was the star. A, he rode a motorcycle. Oh, it was like oh, the Renegade. Oh, I think that was the name Renegade. of it. Yeah, it's Renegade. Yeah, the Renegade. Yeah. Yeah, I used to like that show, even though Lorenzo Lamas is a terrible actor. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I like yeah, that show. Very much so, but <laughs> Renegade, Renegade is classic. There was a show that came on, um, God, what's the guy's name? There's a guy, and he's on a soap opera now, because I know because my wife watches it. He's on General Hospital now, and he was on a show that came on in the 90s real late at night called Two, T-W-O. And he played the main character and his twin brother. And his twin brother had committed a really bad crime. And he was the one that they were after for it. Because they didn't know that they were twins, you know. So that was the that was the concept of the show. And it was called Two. And now every time I, my, I come in and my wife is watching General Hospital, I'll look at that and it's like, oh yeah, there's the guy from Two. And I'm the only one that remembers that show. <laughs> All right, Troy. What's the next one you got? Um, let's see. Uh, <clears throat> I I don't know if this is so much a, a guilty pleasure or just one of my weird eccentricities. Um, but I love watching '90s commercials, and I mean hours upon hours. Of 90s commercials. If you could see my YouTube history, that's a big chunk of it. That's all it is. Um, I don't know why. There's just something. I guess because I grew up then. It's nostalgia. Just, yeah. Yeah. 
but I don't know. It's just something kind of comforting to see those old commercials that I remember when I was I was a kid. And uh, yeah, I I've just sat here in front of my laptop for seriously two or three hours just watching ninety commercial after nineties commercials after nineties commercial. Uh, and and my wife doesn't understand understand it. She thinks it's weird, but <laughs> I've done that. I mean, I, I watch I watch old commercials sometimes, and it, yeah. he, he usually takes me down a rabbit hole that I'll watch '90s commercials for a right. while, and then I'll end up watching like '90s music videos. And, yeah. yeah. Well, and and the fun thing for me is occasionally you'll get one of those commercials that'll have like an old. Um, toll-free number to call for some reason <laughs> and so I like to call those and one of them it was for um, it was for like a, a magazine or something like that it was for uh, young girls but you called it now and it's a phone sex line <laughs> so <laughs> they grew up <laughs> <laughs> yeah kind of fits yeah so well while we're talking about uh, YouTube uh, I like to watch freak out compilations on YouTube. <laughs> These are not, I mean, I'm not watching fights. I'm not watching people get in fights, but it's, um, it's, just, there's a, a couple of channels that, that, that do this. They're, they're just people losing their mind in public over something crazy. Like the Walmart cashier was rude to me. So I'm just going to go crazy. And, uh, and somebody gets their phone out and records it and stuff like that. It's, it's rude cashiers, it's shoplifters, Right, uh, people being harassed uh, anywhere that somebody just captures crazy behavior with their phone. Now, I, I will say this: if you're taking your phone and you're going out in public and instigating situations, so that, just so you can film them and put them on YouTube, <laughs> you need to go fall in a hole somewhere because <laughs> that is not a good thing for you to be doing. But if you're, uh, you know, if you're trying to make fame for yourself. Just by giving people a hard time, like Jake Paul or something like that, just you know, just go away. But if you see something happening and you record it, go for it because maybe there's a chance that our behavior winding up online will make people calm down a little bit <laughs> and not throw your milkshake through the drive-through window at a woman's face or something <laughs> like that. <you> know? <laughs> There yeah. are some crazy ones. And then another one that, that it usually leads into, I don't know if you guys ever watched uh, the Chris Hansen series that he used to do, the To Catch a Predator series. Sure, oh yeah. <laughs> those videos, those videos come up on YouTube a lot too. And he actually did another series later on after he left NBC where he's doing the same thing. And just watching some of those guys just get what they deserve, you know, and hearing them squirm and try and explain why they're there. <laughs> why are you here today? Oh, you know, we were just going to hang out and watch the ball game with a 13-year-old girl. Yeah, yeah, we are just going to hang out and watch the ball game. <laughs> have a with, seat. Yeah. Have yeah a why seat. don't you have a seat right there? <laughs> have a seat. Why don't you have with, a seat? With wine coolers <laughs> and prophylactics? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And I, I I know I'm not alone when I say that my favorite part of those is at the end of the conversation when he tells them, you're free to go. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. And they get up <laughs> and they leave and they get halfway down the driveway and a bush tackles them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they, and they'll say stuff like when the, the, the camera comes and I say, well, I need to tell you something where well, I'm with Dateline NBC and we're doing a story about blah, 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 blah. And the guy with the camera comes out and then they'll start saying, Oh, you don't have my permission to film me. Say, we don't need your permission. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. 
We'll return after these messages. Hey, you listener. Do I have everybody's attention now? Do you like professional wrestling? What? If so, you'll love Review of Mania, where Rob and Zach break down every WrestleMania. You'll hear about great epic matches by the likes of Hulk Hogan. And what's it gonna do when Hulkamania and the largest arms in the world run wild on you? Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, yeah! Ric Flair. Get stealing! Woo! Wheeling, dealing! Limousine right! Jet flying! Bret Hart. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Shawn Michaels. Bret Hart, you are a zero, my hero. John Cena. The champ is here! Brock Lesnar. Suplex City, bitch. And so many more that I don't have time to even name. Check out Review Mania right here on CosmicPotato.com. Or on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spreaker. It's a happening right here on CosmicPotato.com. Arriba! Attention, people of Earth. There's a podcast on the Cosmic Potato Network worth your time. It's called Wait, You've Never Seen? I'm Shane. I'm Virginia. And I'm sorry for the old timey radio voice. I blame this music. So you probably had an experience with your loved one or friends where you've realized there's a key movie that's important to you that they've never seen. So that's what this podcast is about. We'll be discussing movies and TV shows that one of us has never seen. That's right. So you can hear us on the Cosmic Potato Network. And you can find us on our website and at... I- promise we i won't be using that voice what's what's our website <laughs> it's at wait you've oh, never seen.com hey everybody i'm troy and i'm aj and we are the hosts of the world war g podcast along with colton but he's not here right now yes yeah, so pay no attention uh and we're a podcast about everything geek we talk about uh movies television video games comic books uh we got movie commentaries the occasional taste tests like these lovely pina colada oreos just don't try the coke ones no dang what do we say after that <laughs> dang it um so oh okay i'm, 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 I'm yeah, yeah yeah and you can find us right here at cosmicpotato.com or at worldwarg.podbean.com or wherever else you get your podcasting fix and as always stay geeky my friends Hello, this is Will Wheaton. Yes, that Will Wheaton. No, no, the other, the other Will Wheaton. You are the worst. You're listening to the Cosmic Container. All right, uh, Scott, what what you got? Um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna add on to the the previous one. This is basically my way of extending my my last entry when I was talking about guilty pleasure, like old TV shows. Mm-hmm. I brought up my list of television shows that I have uh, acquired and and added to my computer library. Uh, which will include uh, such highlights as unaired pilots, for example, the unaired pilot for Aquaman. Nice. Uh, for the yeah. <laughs> for the nineteen ninety four Justice League of America series. Nah, oh, I know of it, never seen it. <laughs> oh man, you you find better costumes if you if you went to basically any 
convention, any sci-fi or comic convention. Just stand in one spot, turn around 360 degrees, and you will find <laughs> an entire Justice League with better outfits than what was on this show. Yeah. This costumer was horrible. Uh, the unaired pilot for uh, Global Frequency, which was a series based off of a uh, Wildstorm comic written by uh, Warren Ellis. It might not be Wildstorm not, now that I think about it. But uh, written by Warren Ellis, ran for 12 issues. That comic book is awesome. I love it. Um, it's about a group of uh, 1,001 agents, and everyone has their own specialty, and they're located all over the world. And whenever there's a problem, uh, the head of the organization and uh, her right-hand person who, like, runs the computers and uh, communicates with everyone, they say, well, this thing is happening in Russia. We need someone who can uh, check these satellites, and we need a scientist to run down this stuff, and we need uh, someone who's good at tactics, and they will get them all on the phone and pick their brains and answer this question, uh, run this formula for us, and figure it out. And they have a few field operatives that will go out and do, like, the actual shooting. Um, so uh, a, a globe-spanning network of 1,001 people uh, that can handle pretty much any trouble that comes along. Uh, the comic book had a symbol for the group, a uh, symbol that they wore on their jackets and it was on their phones. Uh, you see that symbol all over the place in the comic. It showed up on the TV show, and it's also um, inked onto my forearm. Nice. <laughs> That's how much I love this show or love the comic. Yeah. No, the show it never aired. They made the one pilot with Michelle Forbes, who played uh, Ensign Rowe on Next Generation. Mm -hmm. um, she was the lead. And the show did not get picked up, and the pilot was so heavily pirated online that the makers of the TV show said, okay, yeah, we're never releasing this officially, ever, because you guys ruined it by pirating it so much. So we'll never get a decent quality version of it. That's a shame. <laughs> um, also, the unaired pilot for the uh, Adrian Pilecki Wonder Woman. <coughs> oh, yeah, I've heard of that. I've never seen it. I still haven't watched it. I have it. Um, Is that one the of these one days. that was made by David E. Kelly? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, also, what have I got here? Some uh, older stuff like uh, Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future. Um, Space Rangers, the six-episode science fiction series before it got canceled. Um, and one of my personal favorites, uh, what I like to call uh, Night Bike. It's almost Night Rider on a bike called Street Hawk. Oh, yeah, I remember about that. A, about a guy in his motorcycle. Uh, shows like that that focus on a vehicle so much. Once upon a time, um, Richard Smith and I did um, a pilot episode for a podcast that we uh, did not end up pursuing. And we got to talking about a uh, horrible television series based around a vehicle. We mentioned Knight Rider. We mentioned... Uh, Street Hawk. We mentioned Thunder in Paradise, starring Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I remember Chris, that. Chris Lemon, the son of uh, Jack Lemon, and a speedboat. And then, of course, there's <laughs> Airwolf. With that, oh, yeah, I remember you know, Airwolf. With that badass helicopter. So I went ahead and I made a uh, a desktop wallpaper for what would be the best um, team up super show ever. That had Airwolf, Knight Rider, uh, the Thunder in Paradise boat, and Street Hawk all together. Um, 
I'm trying to remember. I can't remember what I named it, but it was something like uh, Team uh, Street Wolf Thunderhawk. <laughs> or something to... Or, but, <laughs> It, it was a, a title, something along those lines. I thought it was clever at the time, uh, but that wallpaper was a lot of fun to put together to get all those vehicles in one shot. Did you ever see the... Um, I, don't, I don't think it was a pilot. I think it was a movie. The Roger Corman version of Fantastic Four. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. I got yes. that in here somewhere. Have, there's a documentary uh, about it that came out a year or so ago that's doomed. Yeah, details the entire history. Yeah, a lot of those, like you were talking about the Justice League one that had the terrible costumes, a lot of those had a similar history where they never really planned on it coming out to begin with. They just needed to make something so they could hold on to the, uh, to the yeah. rights. Mm-hmm. So they had to have something being made by a certain date, even if it was never finished. It had to be worked on by that time and so and and that's just low down everyone that was in the cast uh for that uh fantastic four movie from 1994 none of them knew that this thing was not intended to be released yeah yeah they thought they were going to be big stars after this big comic book movie came out and that's just cruel it didn't yeah and it, but it's kind of good that it didn't come out because it was terrible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, after was, they get married and good. they just show his arm coming out of the roof like that and waving at him, and you, just, you could just tell that's a fake arm waving. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a rubber arm on a stick. Yeah, boing 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 boing. <laughs> All right, Troy, what else you got? Uh, let's see here. Um. I'm not big into reality TV. I'm not a big fan of it. But one aspect of it that I really like is cooking shows. Okay. I love cooking shows, especially the pretty much any show Gordon Ramsay does. I will sit and I will watch it. I don't care what it is. Um, I'm. I love Hell's Kitchen. I'm super stoked that it's coming back. Uh, like I don't, I don't just watch these. Like I get on Twitter and I like follow the contestants that are on there. Um, you know, I tell them that I think they're gonna. The one I think is gonna win, I tell them, I, oh, I think you're gonna win. I, like, I get, <laughs> yeah, I get super into it. Uh, and I, I don't know why. I just, I, I, you know, I'm not like an amateur chef. I really can't cook that well. But there's just, you know, I just enjoy watching those cooking competition shows. I'm not, I mean, my wife likes watching cooking shows too. And she, and, but she also likes watching the home renovation shows and those, those can get crazy. Yeah. Sometimes. But, um, <laughs> I'm not big on reality TV. I know I got a lot of friends on Facebook that love watching big brother and like, they talk about it all the time when it's on and stuff. And I try watching one episode and I'm like, well, how are you watching this? It's just, <laughs> It's terrible. And then they even have, there's a channel on my, uh, on my cable package. You can flip over at night and it just shows what's going on in the big brother house randomly throughout the week. And it's usually just people sitting there playing cards and having a, a diet Pepsi or something. Right. Like you're just going to sit and watch them do this. I was like, that's kind of (laughs) scary. Uh, I do, I guess, uh, if I had to add a, a, um, reality show that I enjoy, I like, have you ever seen Naked and Afraid? 
Yes, I've heard of it. <laughs> yep. I like that show. It's just, but it's just so weird. And I'm like, because most of the stuff that they're doing, I'm like, you don't have to be naked to do that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, it's not something that I would ever be able to do. I can't take my clothes off and just go be on a TV show like that. And, but uh, but it, it it's entertaining to watch. <laughs> um, speaking speaking of Gordon Ramsay, that uh, uh, Troy was talking about a minute ago, um, I have found myself on more than one occasion uh, falling into a bit of a rabbit hole um, on YouTube of clips, or sometimes if I have if I have some time to kill, uh, full episodes of uh, usually if I'm going down a if I'm on a Gordon Ramsay kick, it's going to be Hotel Hell. Sure, yeah. yeah I like that. Yep, I've I think, seen every episode of that. I think it's because it's it doesn't have the competition aspect, which I don't like, because when it's competition aspect, it's just people being horrible to each other uh, out of sheer arrogance. I'm the best, and they suck. Mm-hmm. And it's just nothing but that for the whole time. But on a show like Hotel Hell, you get Ramsay showing up, finding problems, yelling at people about them, and then you see people who know that there's a problem and they want it to get better, and you also see people who are oblivious and don't think there's a problem and yeah. think that Ramsey is an idiot. Yeah. And while the true reality of the situation is probably way less interesting, obviously they are very skilled at editing all this stuff together to make it compelling. And they, the, the, the most credit has to go to the editors because... They put together a really fun show to watch, but you have to know that you know before and after everything that you see on the show is a whole lot of you know boringness. Like, okay, so here's what we're gonna do. Gordon's gonna say this, and you guys are gonna say this, and you have to say that. It's very, very staged. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they put it together so well that you stop caring. Yeah. Because you just want to watch the show. Yeah, he did another one called Kitchen Nightmares that was the same kind of thing, but it was in restaurants. That Yeah, that is one of my all-time favorite shows. Yeah. I've seen I, every episode of that like 30 times. I think it's – didn't it start with Kitchen Nightmares and then he like evolved from kitchens to full hotels with it, kitchens? It did. Yeah, yeah he, he started over in the U.K. doing um, Ramsey's Kitchen Nightmares as kind of a little documentary series. And uh, then once he came over here and did Hell's Kitchen and that became a hit, then he started doing Kitchen Nightmares over here. And it just snowballed from there. Yeah, they got another one called, it's not Gordon Ramsay, it's another guy called Bar Rescue. And it's just this guy mm-hmm. that goes to these dive bars and, 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 try, and they're failing, you know, they're losing business and they're about to go out of business and he turns them around. And saves it, them. Isn't that the guy who, who like, like with with like 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 a a buzz haircut and he wears a tight black t shirt and he's got arms like tree trunks. No 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 that yeah, no that's um I know who you're talking about that's another show that's on Food Network. Um, now that guy that guy has a um a talk show now that's like a Jerry Springer type talk type uh, talk show <clears throat> that comes on during the day. What is that guy's name? No, he wears glass. Yeah, I think he wears glasses. He's got a British accent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember his name now, but Robert Irvine—that's his name. He, uh, yeah, he did a um, 
he did a show like that where he was it was kind of kitchen nightmares ish he would go in and save a a restaurant or whatever but the last time i saw him i was i was homesick from work for something i was flipping through the channels he has a daytime talk show that's like the jerry springer show (laughs) has nothing to do with food at all (laughs) all right uh i guess the last one on my list uh, is that i like watching pop culture documentaries and Mm. like uh there's there's all these documentaries on these nerdy topics like old video games i watched an entire documentary about a guy trying to beat the high score on nibbler <laughs> and it was, oh, it was called yeah, man uh, versus snake man versus snake yeah, yeah yeah and i watched uh i watched a film about a guy trying to collect every nes game ever made uh i watched the toys that made us i don't know if you watched that i even watched the oh hello, i love that i even watched the hello kitty episode <laughs> <It's just laughs> this this show about the history of toys i watched one over the weekend that just dropped on netflix called the power of Skull. and all it is it is the entire history of he-man from conception in the mid 70s when they first came up with the idea to creating the toy line, to creating the cartoon, the movie, all that kind of stuff. And I found it interesting because I know now, I didn't know then, I know now that when I was watching this cartoon in the 80s, that I was watching a 30-minute commercial for the toys. Right. You know, back then, I thought that I was watching a cartoon and they had toys based on that cartoon. I didn't realize that they were making the cartoon to sell me toys. But watching this documentary, what I didn't know is when they started making the toys, they didn't even have the idea of doing the cartoon yet. They were going to make these toys and then put out a comic book, you know, and they were going to try and get kids to buy the comic, to buy the, the toys based on the comic book. And it wasn't until later somebody, somebody decided, hey, let's make a cartoon series. So it spawned a lot of stuff like G.I. Joe did it. Thundercats, you know, all those shows, they were just toy commercials, Transformers, and um, you would watch the cartoon on Saturday morning, and they would introduce a new character, or they would introduce a new vehicle, and then your mom would take you to Walmart that afternoon, and they already had that vehicle in the store, <laughs> you know? and you think it's a coincidence, and like, wow, they've, they've already got it, you know. That stuff was expensive too, especially for the '80s, because, like uh, Castle Grayskull, if you bought that, it was twenty dollars. Twenty dollars does not seem like much right now, but when twenty dollars in 1982 was the same as eighty-five dollars now. <laughs> so it, those were expensive toys, you know, and that's what kids got for Christmas and for their birthday mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I had an I had a whole bucket of he-man toys my my brother was into uh ninja turtles i was in the he-man you know so i had i had all of them i had many faces i had he had a little doll on his head you'd turn it and he would his his face would change and he had like three oh, different faces and stuff like that you you know i had many faces <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then even i even had the uh and it was towards the end of the toy line they they came out with the battle damage he-man he had, yeah. this, he had this plate yeah. in his chest and you would hit you would hit it and it would flip over and he had like a big gash across his chest and stuff. 
and then you hit it again, and it would flip over, and there would be a second gash across it. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. And they had the same thing for Skeletor. Yeah, uh, the Ninja Turtles is the ones that I think they really went all out with their toys because they. Oh yeah. They started coming out with some <clears throat> crazy ideas for toys. They had the turtles come out in Star Trek uniforms. They, oh, like this one that's hanging on my wall right behind me. Oh, you have that. <laughs> they had the the turtles come yeah, out in clown outfits. Yep. Uh, Classic movie monsters from yeah, Universal. Yeah, yeah. Ro- rodeo. They were like dressed up as cowboys and stuff, and yeah, all kinds of stuff. I, I've got Donatello as Mr. Spock hanging up on my wall. I have it too. I'm looking at him right now. That's right, cool. right, right beneath my autographed um, in package action figure of Morn from Deep Space Nine. <laughs> autographed by the guy by Mark. Yeah, Mark Allen Shepard, the oh. guy who played Morn. He did not autograph it for me. This was one of the things that my wife got in the, the birthday bundle when she bought me that uh, that sort of Kalis recreation. Oh, okay. She got a box of uh, action figures along with it, uh, including a signed Morn, uh, a signed big Klingon warrior, and then a couple. I got uh, Cisco as a Klingon. I've got a Worf. I've got a Jem'Hadar. Um I've got a Babylon 5 Ambassador Kosh still in the package. That's hanging up on the wall in good shape. And recently, um, Sean, I don't know if you saw this online, but recently I was able to acquire um, one, two, three, six of the seven um, uh, senior crew members from Next Generation. But it was the figures that were made for uh, Generations for their first movie. So oh, yeah. they're wearing they're wearing <laughs> the uniforms that they were going to wear in the movie, but before they started uh, filming the movie, they decided not to use those uniforms and they ditched them, destroyed them, and they went back to the uniforms they wore all throughout the series and they borrowed some of the uh, Deep Space Nine uniforms, which is why sometimes Picard is wearing the uniform he had during the series, and then later on in the movie he's wearing a DS Nine uniform where it's the black from the chest down and the <coughs> shoulders. The only and there's no rhyme or reason to to the change in uniforms, but the reason they did that is because they had to borrow uniforms from DS9. Right. They got rid of the movie uniforms. Yeah, I remember I remember when that happened that um Oh, now we're on the prime direction. <laughs> they did uh when the, the that next season of Deep Space Nine came out and all of a sudden, they changed the uh, communication pin to have the, mm-hmm. the Generations logo and everything. Uh, I remember thinking, oh, yeah, I've seen... Because the movie hadn't come out yet, I don't think. When, and they were already wearing that communications pin. Oh, yeah, they're they're already changing to, to match the movie and all that kind of stuff. But um, the only autographed toy that I have is I have a set of action figures of the comic book men from AMC and it's got Ming Chen's autograph on it. Because <laughs> I met him at um, convention. Alright. Anyway. I have a, uh, a pop vinyl I have a pop vinyl Donatello signed by Rob Paulson. Oh, that's cool. Very yeah, nice. That's cool. I've got a lot of pop vinyls. None of them are autographed by anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Anybody got anything else they want to add? Uh, honorable mention. Circus Peanuts. Oh, the candy? 
Yeah. No, good God, no. No, no. You, no. you, yeah. No, you live the furthest north. <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> oh, man. It, it must just be me because it's not like I live in a state where everyone loves them. I don't know anyone that likes them besides me. Every once in a while, I'll get a, I'll get an idea in my head that I want to try some of the candy that I used to eat when I was a kid, and that's one of them. I'll, I'll pick it up. They, they're like a dollar at the grocery store for a whole pack of them. And, oh yeah, uh, you can get a bag at the dollar store at any time. And I'll eat one, and I'm like, no, no, I don't like this. And orange slices. Yeah, those are the, good. The candy. Yeah, I don't care for them. I mean, maybe one or two after that, and then, uh, and then the little. Uh, root beer barrels you know those and black mm, licorice mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> black ne- licorice ne- tastes like never been a big fan of the uh, of the root beer barrels but um, if I have an orange slice or two I'll be fine with that but it's going to make me want to move on to peach rings anyone remember peach rings yeah, yeah sure yeah those are delicious now I'm going to go to the candy store <laughs> <laughs> All right. This might be a whole episode under itself. We might have to do a candy episode. Yeah. <laughs> Troy, you got anything you, you want to add? Um, just that I, oddly enough, love the movie League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. You know, and my true confession would be, I don't think I've ever seen that movie all the way through. You're I, not alone. I remember it coming <laughs> out, and then I remember so many people saying they didn't like it that I just never watched it. It was enough that Sean Connery stopped acting after that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw it five times in the theaters. Wow. Yeah. You see, I was about to say bad things to Troy about liking Leave Extraordinary Gentlemen. Then, <laughs> then I looked at my computer screen and I see dead center in my movie collection, uh, Dolph Lundgren's Punisher from 1989. <laughs> yeah. So I have to be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> We need to do a show about the early days of comic book movies before the MCU and all that kind of stuff. Before they got good? Yeah, there was some (laughs) bad stuff. Like, even pre-Batman and Robin. You know, like, the you remember the Captain America movie that came out in the 90s? Yep. Are you talking about the one from 1990 starring Matthew Salinger, or are you talking about the two from 1979? No, I'm talking about the one from the 90s, yeah. I've never seen the one from the 70s. I've seen pictures from it, but I've never seen the movie. Oh, yeah, starring Red Brown as as uh, uh, Captain America with his motorcycle helmet. Motorcycle yeah. helmet. <laughs> and his Captain America shield that is red and clear plastic. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, surprise, I have both of his Captain America movies on my <laughs> computer, as well as the 1990 Captain America with Matt Salinger, as well as uh, Doctor Strange from 1978. The the, the movie that they did with uh, Bill Bixby as the Hulk that had Thor in it. I can't remember the name of it. What was the name of that movie? That was, it was something uh, of the Incredible Hulk. I know that. Nope, <laughs> nope, nope. It was the Incredible Hulk Returns. Oh, okay, that's where with uh, Thor and uh, Donald Blake. It was followed by the Trial of the Incredible Hulk, they featuring Daredevil. Daredevil and the Daredevil. Daredevil yep. They yep. were that was that was a backdoor pilot. Well, I say backdoor pilot. It was a TV movie that they were hoping to do a Daredevil series out of. Right, the same thing with Thor. They wanted to spin that into a Thor TV series, oh, and it God. didn't work. It so insane. after those two failed attempts, they they rounded out the 
Hulk TV movie trilogy with Death of the Incredible Hulk, uh, mm-hmm. where they where they just killed him at the end. Where the Incredible Hulk dies because he fell ten feet from a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, yep. he fought a bear and lived to tell about it, but he can't fall ten feet out of a helicopter. Uh, and he I think people. I think they tried to give the give the impression it was more than ten feet, but I I hear what you're saying. Yeah, it he was fell out of the helicopter. Obvious, yeah, that shouldn't kill the Hulk, but it it uh, it killed the Hulk. Yeah. Um, uh, I also have the the TV movie from uh, the mid '90s. Where is it from 1996? Where they made a Generation X TV movie. Yep, I remember that. Been off from, from the X Men that never got picked up, and then uh, Nick Fury, Agent of Shield, starring David, David Hasselhoff. Hasselhoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. These are all things that I have. I can watch them literally right now. I gotta shut this down. We'll be talking about this all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Scott. Thank you for being here. Uh, you. you uh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That apology was for the listeners. No, 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 no. No, I'm just saying, I will, yeah, I'll sit here and talk about this all night. <laughs> all right. Uh, Troy, tell everybody where they can find you. You can find me on the uh, World War G podcast right here on the Cosmic Potato Network. We're also on worldwarg.podbean.com. All right. And that's going to do it for us. Uh, thank you all for listening. Be sure to join us next time on Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk podcast, when you might hear John say, Hey guys, why isn't Thor allowed in strip clubs anymore? Because when he makes it rain, people die. Be sure you like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. You can contact us by email at mail at cosmicpotato.com or send us a voicemail or text message to 205-642-8380. Help the show grow by giving us a five-star rating on iTunes. Thank you for joining us for Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast.